Welcome to the Flexibility is Freedom podcast. My name is Tom Chow, and in this show, I talk about building passive income so that you can live a life of flexibility and freedom. I'll cover topics such as search engine optimization or SEO, as well as affiliate marketing. So happy new year. It's finally 2021, and I think we're all glad that the big 2020 has passed us. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I've been doing in this first week. And I plan to launch these podcasts about every week or so. And for more information, you can follow me on my blog, www.flexibilitiesfreedom.com, where I have monthly income reports that go back for the last two and a half years of my journey. So the first topic I want to cover in this episode is SEO tools. So as part of my sort of starting a new year routine. I like to review the different tools that I'm using as well as the software programs and see if there's anything that I can change up or try out some new ones. So if you've been doing SEO for any measure of time, you'll know that some of the big hitters in the industry include Ahrefs, Moz, and SEMrush. Now with with these paid programs, there is a fairly substantial monthly cost, about $100 a month for their smallest plan. And actually one of the first things that I bought when I started doing SEO was an Ahrefs annual light subscription, which costed me $990 at the time. This year, however, I've found quite a few free browser extensions that get part of the job done. And the best part is, of course, they're free. So I wanna cover some of these for, you know, the the bootstrap entrepreneurs out there who want to put their money to good use and don't want to pay you know hefty software fees when they're starting out so the first one i want to talk about is uber suggest now uber suggest is a free seo tool by neil patel now well it used to be a standalone tool but then it was purchased by neil patel and currently it has quite a lot of features for things like keyword research and competitor analysis which are basically the two big areas of research that you're going to want to do uh, for any SEO activities. Now, there is a paid section of the tool as well, but you can get a lot of that data for free, especially if you're using their browser extensions. So for example, I have their Chrome extension and with it, when I'm searching for different keywords in Google and even just part of my daily, you know, getting things done, maybe not related to my business, um, I'm able to see the keyword volume based on Google, I believe their data is coming from Google Keyword Planner, as well as things like the search difficulty of those keywords. And in addition to that, it'll also show you suggested terms on the right side, which is very helpful. So when you're searching for a head term, like, you know, cars, you'll see on the right hand side suggested terms that other people are searching for. And I found that to be quite helpful for finding different types of long tail keywords and just getting a sense of where the keyword distribution is, the keyword volume distribution. So in addition to that, Ubersuggest also gives you a lot of free competitor data that is kind of comparable to Ahrefs, which can save you a bit of money. So for example, Ahrefs gives you a industry uh, benchmark score, which is called the domain rating. And the domain rating or DR is a measure of how strong a a competing website's uh, backlink profile is relative to the rest of the internet. So for example, a domain level 40 website would be um, much more powerful than say a domain level 20 website because the the score is 
on a logarithmic scale. And Moz has something similar called the Domain Authority, or DA. Now, Uber says, Suggest has a score that, you know, is, doesn't have a fancy name. It's called the Domain Score, or DS. And I found that looking at some of the links that I have currently and comparing the DR versus the DS, they're actually quite similar. So I believe that the Uber Suggest team has really just modeled it off, off of Ahrefs. So that's a nice way to get sort of a free pseudo DR. Um, of course, you can also punch in um, a URL on Ahrefs backlink checker, and that can also give you sort of the DR if you want to verify it. In addition, Uber Suggest also gives you competitor uh, traffic um, trends. They only give you the last six months, and it's not quite as granular as Ahrefs, but it is a nice little indicator when you're looking for good sites to build backlinks from, or you're just trying to figure out what your competitors are doing right. Okay, so moving off of Ubersuggest, my other two favorite extensions for doing keyword research would be Keyword Surfer and Keywords Everywhere. So Keyword Surfer is kind of similar to Ubersuggest. Um, they are also a free extension. They give you free, uh, you know, estimated keyword data from Google. Uh, and I like to just have them turned on at the same time, just to kind of cross verify uh, the data that they're pulling. And Keywords Everywhere is a poll is a paid excuse me a paid plugin um, that costs ten dollars for ten thousand credits. So, or not ten thousand credits. Sorry, I think it's uh, a million credits if I'm not mistaken. It, it's quite a lot actually, or a hundred thousand credits. Sorry, it's hundred thousand. Just checking now. And uh, I still have the same ten dollars that I put in about a year and a half ago. So, it, it's it's gone for quite some time. Um, it, and it also gives you keyword volume data and it's one of the best uh, tools out there. It also gives you, and I just found this out a couple of days ago when I was reviewing it, it can actually uh, do an on-page analysis of different pages and kind of give you the different keywords on that page, the sort of the term frequency, so how often those keywords are being used, and actually cross-pulls the corresponding keyword volume uh, for those different keywords. So that's a pretty neat feature I didn't see before. Um, it can also pull bulk uh, Google Trends data, which is kind of nice if you have, say, you know, 100 or 200 different keywords and you want to know, hey, how are these topics uh, doing in terms of Google Trends? You can actually pull that in bulk as well. So that's pretty nice, all for $10 and you get 100,000 100, credits each time. Uh, so moving on, uh, if we move on to link building uh, extensions, so some of the ones that I've gotten and interestingly, interestingly enough, none of them are actually Ahrefs because the Ahrefs uh, browser extension actually requires a paid account, which is kind of unfortunate because it means you're, you don't really get any useful data out of it. It just does some, you know, standard kind of on-page uh, checking, checks for broken links, um, sort of that sort of thing. So it's not actually very useful if you're looking for a free tool. I would suggest, however, um, downloading Mozbar, uh, which is by Moz. Uh, LRT or Link Research Tools also has one called LRT SEO extension, as well as Majestic and SimilarWeb. So I'll touch on each of these right now. So Mozbar obviously gives you sort of Moz's uh, metrics, which include the domain authority or DA, and it also gives you the page authority, uh, which is a sort of a substitute for what Google used to use as PageRank. And it basically tells you, hey, how strong are the backlinks to this particular web page compared to the rest of the internet? So that's what the page authority is trying to tell you. On top of that, Moz also gives you uh, what they 
deemed to be a spam score, which is kind of, and they have an interesting methodology that I would suggest checking out as well. I think they use something like 27 or so different factors, um, including, you know, does this site have a spammy domain name? Does it have SSL installed? Does it have, you know, Facebook Pixel or Google Analytics installed? So it kind of looks at different hints to see whether a website is spam or not. And then it gives you a score out of 100%. So I, I found that to be kind of useful, um, perhaps to spot spam. Uh, so that's another metric I look at. Now, LRT or link research tools is kind of a new one for me. I haven't really used them in the past. I did a couple weeks ago when I actually did a big disavow on my main uh, affiliate site. And LRT, I believe, is more specialized in helping, do, uh, helping SEOs do link audits. So with the LRT tool, they produce a couple metrics of their own. They call them LRT Power Trust. And power is sort of similar to when you think about Majestic. Majestic has something called citation flow and trust flow. So power is really the same as citation flow and trust is, you know, the same as trust flow. And what those metrics try to do is, you know, bifurcate the whole DRDA metric into two parts. And you really the citation or the, the power part is saying, hey, how strong is this web page or this domain, you know, just purely based on backlinks to the rest of the internet. And the trust side is a bit more interesting. It says, how strong is this domain or web page based on based on how far it is from a number of seeded or trusted websites? So I, I find this quite fascinating because, you know, many SEOs believe this is actually uh, one of the factors that Google uses, sort of a trust score. Um, and so Google would seed certain types of well-known, you know, very reputable trusted sites, you know, things like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, you know, sort of government websites.edu's, um, it would seed them with kind of a score. And then based on which websites they link out to, some of that trust would get passed on and so on and so forth um, as those second second tier sites link out uh, to, to further third tier sites. So it's kind of an interesting one to look at. Um, LRT puts power and trust out of a score of 10. And, you know, typically I find that most of, you know, average websites, They'll have a trust score of at least two. Um, I actually did a interesting kind of exercise with my disavows uh, and looking at the quality of my link profile. And I did find that, you know, if they had a really low trust score, like the trust of one, they tended not to be so good. If they had a trust of three or four, that actually tended to be quite strong. And I believe like even Wikipedia only has a trust of eight. So, I mean, I think it's impossible to get 10. Uh, so it's a very, very strict uh, metric. And then that leaves us with uh, Majestic. Majestic also has these similar metrics. They have citation flow and trust flow. For, for trust flow rather, um, I found that if you have a trust flow over 20, you're typically a pretty legitimate website. And anything you know very, very low, like an eight, would be um, a potential sign of low quality or spam. And the last one here is similar web. So similar web really, I only use it to look at traffic statistics. Uh, they do a pretty good job calculating the different types of, or they have a good way of calculating traffic. They take into consideration, not just the search traffic that a website's getting, but also things like direct visits, referrals, social media traffic. Um, so I like to use it as a, as a sort of holistic metric. Uh, the thing with similar web though, it's only, they only have data for larger websites. So if it's like a very small niche competitor that you're, that you're looking at, they probably don't have data for them. 
Okay, so moving off of the browser extensions, uh, for this first week of 2021, I also worked a lot on, you know, improving my existing content. So, you know, with the with the new year coming in, a lot of SEOs, you know, what they're probably going to do is just take the 2020, you know, and replace it with 2021, right in their meta titles and and in their um, internal links and 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 so forth and so forth and, and such. But I think it's actually also a good idea just to revisit some of the content, especially your top performing content from 2020 and, and maybe before that, and see is there anything I can add to. Uh, improve this article is there any sort of new information or if you're recommending products are there any new products that have come out you know have the have the review scores for some of these products changed and actually I'll, I'll touch on how I'm monitoring some of those things as well because I think it's um, going to save you, you a lot of time if you're doing that manually so that's kind of the, some of the work I did you know revisiting a lot of my content um, this year I'm planning to um, change the way that I approach affiliate content. Uh, previously, I was kind of designing uh, a, a particular template to recommend products. Now I'm actually using a plugin called Lasso um, a lot more frequently. So Lasso is sort of like if you're familiar with um, Amazon Affiliate for WordPress or AAWP and Thirsty Affiliates, it's kind of like a cross between those two plugins. Um, it lets you sort of recommend a lot, you know, a variety of products, not just Amazon products and it allows you to sort of place your affiliate link into the content as well as give you kind of a very aesthetic looking product box you know with very good looking uh, call to action buttons um, and you, you can you put, put in your own images or they can pull it from amazon for you uh, and write a little custom product description so i find that it does save me quite a bit of time and you know i like using it just to you know bang out some of these longer affiliate posts where you're maybe reviewing you know 10 20 plus products right it's a little easier than having to go through the wordpress uh, editor which can sometimes at least in my experience it can slow down once you you know make the post a little too long so that was a nice thing for me to find uh, and uh, also on the content building uh, this year i'm also going to create content silos in a more um, sort of in a more regimented way. So I think in the past, internal linking really wasn't uh, something that I, you know, looked into as much. Um, but this year, you know, I'm going to really kind of, you know, create a pyramid structure for my for my content silos where, you know, any backlinks or or head terms that I'm trying to rank for, you know, they're going to be at the top of the pyramid. You know, this could be sort of your info info content. It could also be sort of like your best um, X type of content, like the best, um, uh, the best hosting or something, right? And they're at the very top. That's the, that's the article that you really, really, really want to rank for. But you know, in all likelihood, you probably won't rank for it, at least not for now. And then from that article, you're going to link down into all of your long tail articles, like, you know, the best hosting for small businesses, the best hosting for enterprise, you know, that sort of stuff. And then you're going to, you know, link from those long tail keywords, uh, articles back into your head keywords and then you're going inter to interlink sort of your, your head keyword articles into your info content articles so hopefully that makes sense it's just a way to make sure that you know any of the backlink power that you're getting from any external websites um, you know you try to use that as much and keep it in within that silo as much as you can um, and also let it you know recycle that link juice from the the content that might be ranking but might be have lower volume uh, and you put in some of those internal links so that people can follow them back to your head keywords. So that's that's some of the exercises that I'm doing for the content side.
Uh, okay, actually one more thing on content that, uh, that I put down here. Uh, an interesting idea right now, I think, for anyone who's looking to outsource more content, you know, this is something I'm about to um, to try myself, but, you know, approaching a lot of professionals in your field who might be very knowledgeable about uh, your industry, but um, you know, normally they wouldn't really have any time to be publishing, you know, guest articles for you or, or, or working for you as a contributor. But I think just given the circumstances that we're in today, um, I think a lot of them would be uh, open to the idea of being a guest contributor um, and, you know, being compensated for their time as well. So one of the things I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks is, you know, reaching out to, you know, professionals in my field, which is skincare. So people like dermatologists, you know, estheticians, you know, spa owners, and just gauging how interested they would be in producing some content for me, you know, writing a few articles, and they would be able to add a lot of that, um, not just knowledge, but also the credentials, right? And that's going to help me expand my my about page, um, put in more writers and contributors there. And some people think that's, you know, something that Google maybe is looking for in terms of EAT, which is, uh, you know, expertise, authoritativeness and trust, something that, excuse me, um, SEOs have been talking about, you know, ever since the 2018 medic update came out. So that's another thing that I'm going to experiment with. Okay, so moving on to link building. Uh, this week, link building, I mostly just did a retrospection or, a, you know, an analysis of, you know, how my performance was in 2020. Um, you know, ever since I um, attended the Chiang Mai SEO conference back in 2019, it feels like so long ago, uh, I have been relying more on link agencies uh, such as SEO Butler and Authority Builders to help me build some of the, the backlinks that I need. Uh, and part of that reason was, you know, it was a very frustrating experience trying to do, you know, the more traditional white hat outreach link building. You know, I was doing it for a while. I wasn't having a lot of results. It's something that I do want to pick up again this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I think a diversified approach uh, really is the best option. So in terms of link building for last year, I did sort of a, an analysis. I built 24 links um, through uh, paid guest posts. So I, I paid the agencies, you know, whether or not they chose to pay the bloggers or the websites that they reached out to. Uh, it's unclear to me. Uh, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Um, and out of those, I sort of categorized them based on, you know, their recent traffic trends. Um, you know, does the website look like it's a real site? Is there a real person behind it? Uh, how good is their SEO metrics like DR? Mostly we look at traffic, to be honest, when you're looking, when you're trying to evaluate a link and trying to understand how how well has their traffic been growing or in some cases declining. And, and so I did some of that analysis and I split links into, you know, sort of two categories, basically um, good or bad. And of the 24, I found that um, 14 links were actually quite good. Some of them were actually really, really incredible links. Uh, in one case, actually, I was able to purchase a a, um, a DR70 link on a sort of a fashion celebrity news type of website, uh, which is getting, I believe, like 80,000 traffic a month, 80,000 visitors a month based on uh, Ahrefs data. It might be more now. Um, and I was able to purchase that for, I think, 150 back in 2019. And I purchased a second one this year for 220. And, um, you know, a, a link like that, you know, normally you probably have to pay I don't know, anywhere from 400 to 500, I think, probably more for a DR70. Um, so sometimes you're able to get really great, uh, great deals like that. Uh, but on the other hand, 
you know, 10 of my 24 links, you know, were not so good. They were a little bit subpar. You know, they were, um, they, the, the domains didn't quite look as real, or maybe the traffic didn't come from the United States. Maybe it came from, you know, places like India or, or sort of non-US countries. And so in some cases, you know, it just didn't feel like it was particularly worth paying, you know, 100 to $150 for some of those guest posts. Um, okay, so for for 2021, I, I plan to expand beyond just the agencies I'm using now. I actually had a call with uh, LinkGraph, which is a, I think, a much bigger agency from what I understand. They do a lot of um, sort of full stack SEO, you know, UI design, SEO content for much bigger brands, certainly much bigger than me. Um, and so I had a call with one of their sales guys and, you know, it's probably something I'll try try out in the next couple of weeks. They seem to say that they're more of an outreach focused um, link building as opposed to, you know, with guys like SEO Butler and Authority Builders, they more have an existing relationship with the websites. And that's why they're able to give you sort of an inventory dashboard and you can kind of pick and choose which links you want. And the downside for that is, you know, it's a pretty obvious footprint that you know, people are just buying links off of these websites. And so you, you do want to mix in a bit more of this, you know, genuine outreach links, uh, or at least that's what LinkGraph says they do. So I might try out a couple of their links. Their pricing seems to be kind of standard. I saw their pricing sheet, you know, it starts at $100 for a DA 20 to 30. I think it goes up to like $900 plus for like a DR uh, 90, something like that. So, and they also have some plans. Uh, interestingly, I also took a look at some other link building agencies this week. Um, one of the most popular ones is called The Hoth. So that's H-O-T-H, uh, The Hoth. And apparently they're very, very popular, or at least they used to be. Um, but based on the reviews that I am that I saw and also just reading their sales page, it looks like most of their business in terms of link building is doing more or less kind of PBNs uh, or sort of uh, or, or private blog networks, which is you know, basically when they kind of own the websites that they're getting the links to and they're kind of placing you there, but the websites themselves probably are not very good quality. And because they're, you know, constantly just selling links on them, you know, Google eventually is going to hit those with uh, with a manual penalty and, and that might, uh, might, might trickle down to your website. So seems a little bit risky. Uh, okay, so one last topic, I think, or I think two, two more topics for this podcast. Um, I've been focusing more on an infographic strategy for link building. So, you know, actually part of the, the exercise that I did when I was doing um, my disavows back in December, I noticed that I was getting a lot of links, you know, not necessarily good links, but I was getting a ton of links for this one infographic that I made, I think back in, I want to say 2019, or maybe it was 2018. And that infographic was actually about uh, tea tree oil. And it was sort of this, you know, kind of a summary of what you can use it for and it was kind of a pretty looking thing and you know I initially I did some manual outreach with it and it was okay I got a couple of responses but it wasn't so good but then I noticed that you know it picked up a lot of links just from different types of scrapers you know image scrapers content scrapers um, you know sort of those websites that is, they have a whole bunch of like infographics on them or images so that has got me thinking a little bit more about using the infographic strategy not necessarily to build those types of links because um, those are probably the more toxic links that you don't want in your backlink profile but using the infographics more to 
you know, approach bloggers and influencers in your field and just kind of offering that as a way to, you know, start a relationship or maybe to get yourself a mention or even a do follow backlink it in some cases. So that's something that I'm going to uh, do explore a little bit more. And I've actually completed my first infographic uh, for this week. Another thing that I'm thinking about is using quizzes. So, you know, you know, those online quizzes that you have on, you know, BuzzFeed or wherever where, you know, you ask them 10 questions like personality quizzes. Um, those are actually apparently I was reading an article yesterday and those are actually very good for link building. And even if you don't get a lot of links, they're very, very, you know, kind of social sharing types of content, right? You get a lot of likes and, and uh, shares from that. So I'm using a software called Interact or tryinteract.com and uh, they seem to be pretty good. I mean, uh, they do want you to pay uh, if you want to collect leads. That is, if you want to collect email addresses um, and send people their survey or their personality quiz results, that sort of thing. But for me, I don't need to do that right now. So their free plan actually works pretty well. Another option is WP Quiz Pro, which is made by uh, My Theme Shop Pro, or My Theme Shop rather. And that one looked okay. Just the design was a little bit, you know, it was less than ideal. And I think Try Interact just looked a lot more professional and a lot more clean. So I'm going to use that for now. And the last thing is, I've been uh, tweaking up my site a little bit more as well. Um, one of the one of the small changes that I made today was adding a table of contents to the sidebar. So I reintroduced the sidebar. I got rid of it for a while, um, but I reintroduced the sidebar. You know, I've I put in. Uh, uh, I wanted to create a sticky table of contents that can follow you uh, if you're on desktop when you scroll down. It's kind of a nice way to help visitors navigate some of your longer uh, content pieces. And so I used, uh, um, what was it called? I think uh, Easy Table of Contents plugin, uh, which is free. Uh, you can get it from wordpress.org. And I paired that with something called, I think it's called Q2W3, uh, is it called Fixed Anchor or Fixed Position? If you, Google, uh, uh, if you Google Fixed Widget, you'll find it. And that thing basically just lets you keep the widget, uh, make it sticky so that it stays in the same place and it doesn't move uh, when people are scrolling. And the last thing that I did for for at least the on the blog side is I added a um, a new author box as well. I'm using something called um, Starbox, which is also free, and they have a paid plan. But it doesn't look like the paid plan is really worth it. The free plan basically lets you replace the existing WordPress author box with kind of a nicer looking one. Um, you can put in your social profiles. It's restricted to just Facebook and Twitter, unless you get the pay, the paid plan. But I think for me that's fine. And the reason I wanted to get an author box is not just so I can put myself at the bottom, but also as I get these more um, uh, professionals and contributors from different types of uh, industries, you know, from from dermatologists and and uh, you know estheticians and such, you know, I want a way for for the reader to know, hey, this is written by kind of a, a professional in the field. So I want to add a really nice looking author box at the bottom. Uh, and yeah, aside from that, that's it. I think for. The next couple of weeks, uh, next week I'm gonna do some outreach to, you know, medical professionals and, and people who can, who might be interested in blogging um, and writing some articles for me. We'll see. Um, I'm also going to be ramping up link building. You know, I have a new um, a new order for SEO Butler for a couple more uh, a couple more guest posts. I think overall, you know, I've done a lot of business with them in in uh, 2020, and I think most of the time they come through in terms of the quality of the domains. There, there have been a few domains that weren't so good, you know, but really their, their prices, I think, are very reasonable. 
and their service is very good and their writers are often um, pretty good as well I don't check all their work um, in terms of the writing but from the ones that I did read uh, they're actually very good writers so that's so that's a, a definite plus I'll probably try out link graph um, buy a couple links from them and see how it goes um, in addition I'm, I'll be ramping up sort of more organic outreach um, my current strategy is a little bit different from when I started which was you know more of this shotgun skyscraper or, or I like to call it spray and pray kind of approach where you're just emailing a whole bunch of people I think my uh, new approach is to do more of a custom uh, outreach campaign you know really try to vet the prospects first kind of look at them in hrefs um, check out their traffic you know check out if they're a real domain if there's a real person and then really just try to build a relationship from there maybe go for a link maybe go for a guest post but um, and the reason for that is I feel like with the spray and pray approach you know, I've, I've um, received probably dozens or if not hundreds of these kind of spammy outreach emails, you know, like, dear sir or madam, you know, can I can I guess post in your domain, that sort of thing, or, um, you know, very clear signs and they didn't do any of their research in terms of, you know, who you are or what your site's about and, you know, you know, why should you care, right? And, and so most of the time that that just gets deleted in, you know, in nanoseconds. So, yeah, I really want to do more custom outreach, reach out to people that, um, that I can connect with on some level, uh, reach out not just through email, but also through other channels as well. And try to produce unique content, try to produce creative content. Doesn't have to be, I think, the best content, but just has a unique angle. And I think infographics is one of those that is kind of a quick win. So yeah, I'm gonna explore some of those ideas and yeah, I'll share some of my findings in the next weekly podcast. So thanks for listening.